Well, welcome to Fur Road Christian Church. We're so glad you're here today. Uh, we would encourage you to fill out the Connect cards in front of you, and you can hold on to those, and later when the offering trays are passed around, you can put those in there. Um, I'm glad you're here today because I think our, our topic today is, is something that all of us need to hear at times, and, and so we're in the second week of our series, What Would Jesus Undo? It's as a, a playoff, the old What Would Jesus Do? emphasis um, from the... Uh, the book In His Steps by, by Charles Sheldon. I'm sure a lot of you had the WWJD bracelets and, and different things from that. Um, last week we talked about the first thing that Jesus want, would undo, and that is indifference. And uh, we looked at the early church in Laodicea and how they, they lost their, their fire for following Jesus and, and, and how many American Christians today have lost that fire too, and so Jesus would undo indifference. Okay, that was the that was last week. Today we're going to look at something that, that we can all slip into if we're not careful, and that's hollow worship. Okay, Jesus would undo hollow worship. Have you ever given a gift to somebody and you just didn't really think they, they appreciated it like you, you thought they would? Maybe you spent a lot of time putting that gift together and uh, maybe a lot of money and it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, but no big deal. It's kind of disappointing, right, when you do something like that. Uh, I remember receiving a, a gift uh, one time from my grandma when I was a kid um, that I, I probably didn't appreciate like I should have. It, w- it was the Christmas gathering on my mom's side of the family, and uh, um, I have a cousin named Matt who we were just a, a week apart in age. I was a week older than him, and we grew up together. He was my best buddy growing up. And uh, so the cousins would would always go and order opening presents from youngest to oldest. But when it got to Matt and I, my grandma usually said, uh, you guys just open them up at the same time because it's the same gift. And so uh, one year she didn't do that. So uh, Matt was younger than me. So it was he went first and he got an electronic football game. Um, some of you guys remember these. This is. Uh, an example of that mine looked a little differently that than that, but remember it just you turn on the the switch and it vibrates the the players and you set them all up and and uh, in theory they go this direction and they never do they just turn around and start just going every which way and and but it's fun it, it was cool uh, yeah this is kind of the more advanced version later on they they would have a little magnet that you could try to pass the ball and it would never go to where that was supposed to go either. Um, so did anybody else have this electronic football game? Yeah, I didn't. I'll tell you about it here. So Matt, Matt gets electronic football and then it was my turn. And, uh, apparently my mom told my grandma that I needed a sweatsuit. Um, and I remember it was blue stripes. And so I opened it up and, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I got clothes, and Matt got electronic football. What is going on? This is not fair. And, and so I tried to kind of muster up a, a, a thank you, Grandma, um, but it was pretty hollow thank you. And, and, and so I'm still a little bitter about it, but I'm okay now. <laughs> Been through counseling a little bit. but um, So, you know, as we consider the topic of worship today, I think the way we worship God often rings pretty hollow also. It's like we're offering a gift to God that, that we aren't very sincere about. Kind of like my thank you to my, my grandma. But the truth is that God 
He deserves worship from the very depths of our hearts, right? And so we want to look at that. And so now when we, we talk about worship, and our minds usually go right to our, our singing time on Sunday mornings, okay? And, and yes, that is a time of worship, but in the big scheme of things, it it's actually should be kind of a small part of worship, okay? This is just one hour of your week. Uh, there's a whole lot of other hours um, throughout the week that God deserves our worship. And so let me just say this as, as we begin today. Uh, a big part of why we were created was to worship God. Okay, most of us kind of ask the question at some time in our life, what, what's God's will for my life? You know, what, why am I here? And, and, and one thing we know, uh, we don't really have to ask the question, is that we're here to live a life of worship. Okay, and so, so listen to the, the words of the prophet Isaiah. This is in Isaiah 43, 18 through 22. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called on me, Jacob. You have not wearied yourselves for me, Israel. Okay, so this is a time in Israel's history when they were not really honoring God. They had not worshipped God, but but God was was patient with them. He said, you know, I'm ready to do a new thing. And you guys, uh, if if you start kind of getting this right, and then once again, it said that the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Okay, that's pretty clear right there. You know, I made these people so they could praise me. And from, from a human perspective, we almost hear that and say, you oh, know, it sounds a little bit selfish. But when you're the creator of the universe, it's, it's not selfish at all, is it? Okay, and, and so as Christians, we, we need to keep in mind that this, this huge reason that God created us, and, and if we aren't truly praising and worshiping God, then, then we're kind of missing the boat on this. And, and, and we tend to, to, to make everything about us as kind of our natural tendency, but really it needs to be everything about God first. Now, in the Old Covenant, uh, in the Old Testament, one of the ways they worshiped God was to make sacrifices to Him. Okay, and in the New Covenant, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice and and so we no longer need to to make these physical sacrifices and and uh, we aren't given a, a list of thou shalt okay worship me exactly like this um and so we we just need to do it from our hearts and and so let's use the worship worship in churches as an example styles there's a whole lot of different styles of worship at, at churches going on uh in joplin today um, I'm sure some of you grew up in some different styles of worship than what we, we have here at Burr Road. And there, there's more traditional style of worship with, with hymns and, and organ playing. And, and some, of the, some of you miss that. I mean, you, you grew up on that. That's what you were f- comfortable with. There, there's worship without instruments um, like they do at the a cappella Churches of Christ. There, there's more liturgical, formal styles of worship with with kind of public readings and stand up and sit down and, and much more formal type of service. Um, there's more charismatic worship styles, you know, with more dancing and jumping and da- up and down and 
Um, we're pretty scared of that in the Christian church, aren't we? We, we, uh, uh, we have to think twice before we stick that hand up, right? It's like, okay, who's looking around? Um, and so we're, you know, that's, that's foreign to a lot of us. But uh, um, I was once in a worship service in, in a mountain village in Taiwan. And uh, it was a three-hour-long service, first of all. And, and so, uh, but it didn't seem like it. And, and uh, they, they just were worshiping God with all their hearts and, and dancing and, and singing. And, and I, I couldn't understand the words um, that they were singing, but it, it was very powerful as we did that. And so there's, there's lots of different kinds of style of, and ways to worship in church. So what's the best way? Yeah. Yeah, the the best way is, is any kind of worship that's from the heart. Okay, there, there there's not the oh this is they got it right on this. You know, the worst way is the opposite of that worship that's not from your heart that's just kind of going through the motions. And any kind of worship can be the right way or the wrong way depending on if you're really worshiping. Okay, does that make sense? And, and so we got this is something we need to get right. Um, we're given a lot of freedom in this. So in the New Testament, um, Jesus, he was often very hard on the, the Jewish religious leaders, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law um, because they, they kind of forgot why they, they followed the God of the Bible and, and what this was all about. It had become very much about just kind of following a list of rules. And uh, one of the things that was very important to religious leaders was kind of being ceremonial clean. You know, if you weren't clean, then you, you weren't allowed to worship. And so in, in Matthew chapter 15, let me read a couple of verses that from that. Uh, then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Okay. So now you need to understand, this is not a, a, a physical cleanliness issue, okay? This is a ceremonial cleanliness issue. Um, the Pharisees were obsessed with being ceremonially clean, okay? This is not a hygiene issue. This wasn't a, a deal where the disciples of Jesus just didn't like to be clean, um, although they were fishermen before they became disciples, and they probably smelled at that time, but that's a different story. This isn't about that. Uh, this isn't about like, kids who just don't want to take showers, uh, right? Uh, it's not too bad when kids are little, but when they start to get older and start to have B.O. and greasy hair, um, it gets worse. I remember there was a few years ago I was at our camp, Maranatha Bible Camp, and I was a, a sponsor for the boys, and uh, I was in the cabin with them, and uh, I think it was fifth and sixth graders, and so it's like a four-day camp, and um, okay, so I, I'm admitting here that I was not a very good counselor. I didn't pay close attention. On the last day, I, I kind of realized, I think that boy has the same outfit on that he, that he came with, and so I asked him, I said, hey, have you changed your clothes? And like, no. So he had the same underwear, same clothes, and uh, also he had not brushed his teeth the, the whole time. And so we took care of that quickly before he went home so his mom wouldn't think, what in the world? What's wrong with Dan? Um, 
So I just want to say I've learned my lesson. I'm going to be counselor uh, at camp this year again, fifth and sixth graders. I think Jake's going to be there. And uh, Jake, you will not wear the same clothes every day. Just saying, okay? Um, I will pay attention this time. But uh, it's cool. Katie, our own Katie, Katie Stanton, is the dean this year at our preteen camp, so that'll be fun. This is the first year she's done that, so I'm looking forward to it, except for it being 100 degrees, but other than that. Okay, so um, the Pharisees, it wasn't about a physical thing. Okay, it was a spiritual thing, uh, and, and they had added all these rules. And so, you know, there's to be unclean, there's a million ways to be unclean. There were certain animals that were unclean if you touched them. Okay, you know, if you touched a pig, okay, you were unclean. And so that means they couldn't eat bacon, which can you imagine? That'd probably be a deal breaker for me being, yeah, right there. That's probably one of the biggest selling points of Jews becoming Christians is, hey, you can eat bacon now, right? I'd be all over that. Um, um, yesterday, what's it called, the Joplin Cafe or something on 20th Street? Have you been there yet? Oh, man. I got the meat lover skillet. There was like four pounds of meat on that thing. I, yeah, it was awesome. My cl- arteries just clogged as I ate the thing. Um, so, now I'm thinking about food, and you guys are like, oh, man. So, you know, that would make you unclean. There were certain ways to prepare your food that would make you unclean. There were diseases that would make you unclean. And if you touch people when you had a disease, they would become unclean. It's kind of like cooties, right? You know, it's, you touch them, and, and then if they touch somebody else, they're unclean. And so, um, and if you were unclean in any way then you weren't fit to worship um and so these traditions they, they were actually they had their foundation in the old testament okay god had really given them rules okay so this started not as a bad thing god's like this is what you need to do to be clean but but what happened over the years is they they were so worried about this that being clean that they kind of would add different things to that list of rules and just to kind of put a buffer around these rules so you make sure that, that you follow the rules and you wouldn't be unclean. And, uh, you know, the, the religious leaders, just along the way, they'd lost the, the why, the, why did we do this? They forgot why they did this in the first place. But Jesus said, you know what? You guys are hypocrites. And... and and so listen to what he says in verse 7 through 9. We read verse 1 and 2, and then he talks about a reason, some, like they're breaking rules. He gives an example. Um, but in verse 7, it says, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Okay, they thought, okay, we got to do all these things just right, and then we'll be able to to worship God. And and they 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 miss the point. And Jesus just kind of unleashes on them. He's saying, you know, your hearts aren't connected to God. You're so worried about external things that you wouldn't know worship if it hit you in the face. It was hollow worship. What would Jesus undo? He would undo putting on a show on the outside, but on the inside, there's nothing going on. 
And if you're like me, I, I'm guessing that for many of us, when it comes to the area of worship, that there's just a lot of room for potential growth. And as a church, I would say, you know, we can grow in this area to, to grow in fully worshiping God. And so let's just talk about worship for a few minutes. How do we do this? How, how, do, we, how do we truly worship God? And, and uh, there's some on the back of your bulletin if you want to follow along. But the first of all, it's, it's daily. Daily. Worship should become as natural for us as breathing. It really should. It's a lifestyle thing. Romans 12, 1, familiar verse for a lot of you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So Romans is basically Paul's book of theology. You know, there's a lot of deep, rich stuff in there. It's good to study if you never have. But, but here it's saying, I think, you know, all this stuff, that, that I've been talking about, it, it comes down to this. Okay, live it out. Okay, this is how you worship God. Offer your lives as a sacrifice to God. And, and here's the thing. Some of you don't worship your, your best by singing on Sunday morning. Okay, a lot of the guys don't really like singing that much. That's okay. You know, to be honest, I'm, I'm more comfortable worshiping God outside myself. I I think it's really important to come together as a church family and, and worship together. Um, and I, I love that part of it. I love being able to do that. But I, but I worship best out by a pond or on a lake or in a forest. I, mean, I, I love that. And one evening this week, I was, I was at a, a strip pit in Kansas. And out in the boonies, there's no other people around. I, I have a little fishing kayak that I, I take out. And um, the water was perfectly calm and it was you know right at the sun was setting and 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 i was just praising god out there i, I really was and it, it was like this god's creation was on display all around me and and uh, the the fishing was was secondary but you know i'm i'm going along and first of all I, I saw this really blue bird i mean super blue bright blue and and uh, later on i looked it up and i think it was called an indigo bunting um, and maybe you guys have seen those somewhere around here, but man, it was pretty. And, and so I see that, and then this, this pit kind of went around like this, and, and so I go around the corner, and, and uh, I see this, this huge animal. It's starting to get a little dark, but it was, it was right on the shore, and I'm thinking, what is that thing? And I've heard about these bear sightings lately, and I'm like, is that a baby bear over there? And uh, it was. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I got closer and I realized, that's a beaver. That's like the biggest beaver I've ever seen in my life. This thing was huge. I don't know how much it weighed, but man, it could have eaten me, I think. Uh, so beautiful beaver. Um, and then it goes into the water and I just watched it swim off and, and uh, I go around another curve and uh, I'm sitting there fishing and, and, and all of a sudden uh, a young deer came down to the water and just started drinking the water and and I said to God, I said, well, now you're just showing off. <laughs> and, and it, you know, it was just awesome. And uh, even caught a few fish as a bonus. And so it, it was just a, a great night of worship. Uh, you see, we, we should worship daily. And, and don't miss the opportunities to worship and connect with God on a daily basis. Worship God when you wake up. 
You know, start by praising Him. Worship Him on your way to work. Praise Him for the little things. Praise Him for the big things. And, but worship Him daily. You know, thank Him for a new day. You know, worship Him by, by reading His Word and, and learning from it. Worship Him through prayer. Just worship Him daily. Okay, let, let's talk about some, some of the ways that we see people worship God in the Bible. And most of these we get from the book of Psalms, and, and King David wrote a lot of the Psalms, and, and David understood the importance of worshiping God. You just see it through his writings. And, um, and actually, the band's going to come up and just start playing in the background as we continue to talk through this. Um, but one, one way David worshiped was by bowing down or kneeling in reverence. Okay, Psalms 95, 6 says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. You know, when one bows down to a king, they're bowing down in submission and reverence to the king. And it's the, the same idea when worshiping the king of kings. Okay, so sometimes when I pray, I just get down low to the ground in reverence to my king. Sometimes we, you just you get down on your knees and, and in praise to, to your Lord. And it, it might be in repentance. It might be in adoration. But it's saying, God, I, I love you. I, I praise you. I honor you. Oh, and by the way, the truth is that the whole world can choose to bow down to God now or later. Um, but it will happen one day. Paul told the Philippian church that one day every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is the Christ and the Lord of all. So we can worship by bowing down. We also can see, David, that we can worship by, by lifting up our hands in adoration. And Psalm 63, 4 says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I don't know, there's just something about lifting our hands up. It, you know, out in the world, when you lift your hands up, the one thing that comes to mind is, you know, I surrender. <laughs> I, I'm in trouble right now, and, and the police are after me. Uh, hopefully you guys haven't experienced that too often. Um, but, but a couple years ago, uh, and I talked about it at the time, but this guy robbed this bank on, on Range Line, and uh, his getaway car was a gray Dodge truck. And guess who else has a gray Dodge truck and happened to be in that area at the time? Uh, me. And, and so I'm driving along, and, and all of a sudden I see three police cars flying down, and I'm like, oh, Lord, they're after somebody. And I realized they were after me. So I, I pulled over, and uh, they, the, the policeman got out, and he, and he had his hand on his gun ready to go. And so I saw him coming, I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on, but my hands were... On the steering wheel, I was had them raised in submission, and um, thankfully they figured out pretty quickly it was not me. Um, but when we lift up our hands to God, it, it means, you know, I, I'm surrendering to you, God. I, I surrender. Uh, I'm yours. Take me. Use me. You know, we also lift up our, our hands in celebration out in the world when, when things are, we're excited about things. Our team won. Woohoo! You know, it's victory. We're excited. Uh, we're on God's team. Let's celebrate. Sometimes we worship God by lifting our hands. Sometimes David worshiped God by dancing in celebration. 
Psalms 149.3, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. Okay, a timbrel is, is like a tambourine, basically. And, but remember one time, David was so excited that they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant home. Remember this to Jerusalem, and, and, and he stripped down to basically his underwear, and he danced as they, they brought it home. And as his wife was not very happy with him and said, oh boy, how the king has dignified himself today. And, and, and he, he said, you know, I, I will celebrate before the Lord. I'll even be more undignified than this for my God. In other words, I, I would do anything to praise God. I don't care what I look like. I wish you guys could see the, the children's church kids when they sing and worship in there. Uh, they dance, okay? They're, they're celebrating. They're having fun, and, and sometimes we, we kind of lose that along the way, that part of it. You know, we, we celebrate all kinds of things in this world. We, we celebrate our, our team's victory. We, we celebrate milestones for our kids. You know, you went to the bathroom in the big potty. Get your, <laughs> I mean, we celebrate all these things. Um, you celebrate your promotion at work. But do we celebrate God? If we, and we celebrate all these worldly things, how much more do you think we should celebrate God? And then sometimes we worship God with what's referred to as a, a sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So what, what does that mean? To continually offer up to God a, a, a sacrifice of praise. has to do with what we've been talking about today. It's about praising and worshiping God every day with our lives. You know, we, we worship God when we feel like it. We worship Him when we don't feel like it. We worship Him when we're hurting. Sometimes we worship Him through our tears. He's worthy of our worship. Our, worth, our worship of God should not be based on our circumstances, and I know it's hard sometimes. You guys are dealing with tough stuff. But we worship Him when life is good. We worship Him when life isn't so good. We worship God when we're happy. We worship Him when we're sad. He's worthy of our worship. We worship Him when we have plenty. We worship Him when we have need. We worship Him when we're healthy. We worship Him when we're sick. He is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. Amen? Amen. Are you continually offering up to God a sacrifice of praise? Are you living a life of worship? Is it coming from your heart? What would Jesus undo? He, he would undo hollow worship. I'm going to read parts of 1 Chronicles 16 from the New Living Translation. And it's just a, a great chapter of praise in the Bible. There's some chapters that are just, man, they're just all about praise. And, and I'm going to ask you guys uh, to stand if you're able to. And close your eyes. So you can go ahead and stand up. 
and let's just pause for a minute and just ask you guys to kind of push aside the distractions the things that you're kind of thinking about right now I need to do this, I need to do that where you're going to eat lunch, you know, push, push all these things aside and, and just come before God and focus on God. It says this, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into His presence. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people shouted amen and praise the Lord. Can I hear some amens? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you today in humble praise and adoration, saying you are worthy of our praise. I'm sorry for the times when we forget to, to live lives of lives of praise and worship. When we get so busy with everything going on and we're thinking about ourselves and our own conditions that we we forget to, to stop and just praise. And, and so I pray that you'll help us with that. Help us to completely surrender to you as we walk through the the good times and the bad times. Thank you that you're willing to walk with us, to journey with us through that. And this morning, we just want to praise you, Lord. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We saved a couple songs for right now, and and, uh, let's let's try not to to worry about those around us. Uh, It's just each of us individually praising God. In, in the midst of the, the family of God, it's a beautiful thing. Let's let's worship our God right now. <laughs> 